So, are you curious? Curiosity Codex. I am your ardent enthusiast, Kyle Olson. As the year comes to a close, I wanted to put one last chapter in the 2022 section of the Codex. In an earlier episode, we had a conversation about weaponized nostalgia. And if there's one season where that practice is brought into sharp relief, it's the holiday season. From commercials wanting you to remember the family gatherings of your youth to the constant barrage of stories where someone is striving to create the perfect Christmas... It's less about how you feel and more about remembering how you felt. And this season, we've got several shows and films that are trying to tap into that feeling. I've invited a couple friends to talk about them and how it made them react. But first, we're going to get into what they consider to be their personal holiday classics. So to discuss the subject of Christmas and holidays and nostalgia... Uh, I have assembled my own August panel. Uh, first podcast impresario, P. Wright. I am singing Deck the Halls. <laughs> and affable man about town, Rob Cabosco. It's the most wonderful time of the year. <laughs> Hello. So previously we had discussed um, Star Trek and Star Wars, and it's been this ongoing conversation about nostalgia and remakes and, and requels and, and, and all these things. And so... What more, what what time of year is more apt for this exact thing? And then, like, what when you think of nostalgia, it's almost you can hear the sleigh bells ringing. Uh, because the whole idea of like the, the, the Christmas special is to try and bring you back to the place when you loved Christmas. So, like, obviously, this is another one of those like potentially hot button topics things because I think people get a little bit, uh, I don't know, sensitive about Christmas, maybe thinking their Christmas is the Christmas and that kind of thing. Uh, <laughs> Rob. <laughs> Wait, what? I'm sorry. Wait, what? Ooh, it's starting already. <laughs> Even my, it's not my Christmas. It's the world's. <laughs> it just happens to align with mine. Yeah. I mean. so, so before we get into that, like heavily in the discussion, let's let's step back a little to, to sort of get a level on the room. So I, I assigned you both some homework uh, because I wanted to know a little bit about what Christmas media things get you in the holiday spirit. Like what are the things that you really want to, you go to? What are your what do you have to watch every year in order to sort of have that period? So we, I asked you to do a couple of movies and a couple of television shows. So let's start with the movies. So, Pete, what are your two? Well, you can you can talk about one and then then introduce the other one. You don't have to just put them both out there, but what are the, your, yeah. the two holiday movies that, uh, that sort of break. And, and I know this is like, you know, as a movie person, this is like picking your favorite child or whatever, but it is, it's very, very difficult. Well, one, one, so that's a, you don't have to rank them, yeah. but it's no, so just I, like two. Well, examples. One of them was easy because it is a legit like Christmas movie. And it is so very much a part of my, of, of my youth uh, every year. Right. On Christmas Eve, my parents and I would sit down and watch National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation uh, as soon as it was available on VHS. And then that tradition carried on for my family. So when my wife and I, we got married, we settled in and that was a tradition. I said, I'll do whatever you want to do for your traditions. But this one's mine. Christmas Eve is Christmas Vacation. Oh, Christmas Eve. 
Yeah, wow. Christmas Eve. Okay. And, and then, you know, as my kids aged, you know, it was the thing we did while we were doing our last preparations, you know, preparing to go to bed, setting out cookies. Like, we watched this movie right after the kids went to bed. And now the kids watch it with us as they're, you know, on onward toward adulthood. And they get as much of joy out of it as we do. So that was that's the first one is it is about Christmas, set at Christmas, and it means Christmas to me. And I know that that's bonkers probably to a lot of people, but I have a feeling it's uh, it, it's gospel to many others. Wow. So, okay. That's Thank one. Do so. we want to round robin it a little bit? And I'll, I'll shut up now for sure. Like, sure. Okay. Now it's, uh, let me just ask follow up thing. Like, does it still have the, is it still funny? Yes, I mean, it is still funny, but like okay. so many things to you, I guess. Kyle, yes, to me, but like so many things, what it means to us mm-hmm. while we're watching it, it's less funny than immediately before and immediately after we watch it. Because <laughs> before leading up to it, we're already <laughs> recounting our favorite moments and accents and, and uh, you know, finding the burnt shape of the cat under the chair and the squirrel and all the things that are so great about that movie. Then we watch it and it's, it's, it's fine. And then afterward it's hysterical because we're reenacting it again. You know, it's like that, (laughs) that the spirit of that movie brings us together as a family through comedy. And I think that's, you know, that's the spirit of Christmas. Okay. Wow. National Lampoon's Christmas vacation. Okay. All right. So uh, Rob, what's your, what's your first one? Okay, this is tough. There's a whole lot of uh, oh, sure. honorable mentions in this that I hope we'll have time to get to. Yeah. But I will tell you, uh, for me, and it is not it is not a a thing that we do every year. It has to be Christmas Eve and stuff. Usually the house is busy with with family and stuff, mm-hmm. so we don't get to do it. But somewhere around Christmas or leading up to it, yes, we will watch a Christmas story multiple <laughs> times. This is when it starts. And I'm telling you, and here's the reason why, and I have a lot, we'll have a lot to say about this later because things have changed, which you'll mm-hmm. you will be shocked by. But here's what I love about a Christmas story. It is my parents' Christmas. I feel yeah. when I get to watch that, I get to see a little bit of what my parents' Christmas was like because a Christmas story is roughly late 40s, early 50s, somewhere around there, I think, is where is what that time is that's depicted in the movie. And so I know my dad has gotten a kick out of it because it's like, okay, yeah, that was my that was kind of like stuff I remember at Christmas. And there are the catchphrases and the moments and the things we find funny. Right. And it's interesting because that movie came out. I didn't this was not a big deal when I remember when it came out. I don't remember coming out because it came out the same year as Return of the Jedi. Right. 1983. Mm -hmm. It it did well. But then it got it hit. I remember friends quoting it in high school. Yeah. So about six, seven years later, and then it hit a certain level of this is a cultural thing. Yeah. So I think that was sort of the TBS effect. It it must have been in the same way that like Shawshank became a thing just because it like hit the it, it was shown on a regular basis. Right. And so it sort of became part of people's lexicon as opposed to having to go and seek it out. And it's and it's permeated as a movie we watch because there are just the funny moments that I laugh that I laugh at. Maybe not everyone in the family laughs at it is it is. And it is it has taken new meaning because here my wife is of Asian descent. We always get to laugh at the ending at the Chinese restaurant. We always laugh about the the Chinese turkey. Right. Mm -hmm. Is yeah, we totally kind of get a kick out of it. My wife is not too fond of it in other parts, but <laughs> but it's but the, but the plot will thicken on this. But if for me, it's a Christmas story. Okay, well, I would say I would put those two uh, like of a piece 
Yeah. Like those two, I think, I think are, are very matchy matchy in terms of yes. like idea and sentiment and stuff too, which yes. we'll, we'll, we'll talk about sort of For sure. the meat of the thing. Okay. So then back to you, Pete, then what's your, what's your second? Well, the other one, it, it, this was, a, this was harder because I, as I started thinking about uh, specific movies, it came, it all came back to kind of the, the themes in the movies, the collection of movies that I like. And so I'm right. going to go with that, that last moment when Holly McLean punches William Atherton <laughs> and he looks at the camera and says, did you get that? And then Argyle lets John and Holly into the limo and they drive off through the destruction that was Die Hard to mm-hmm. let it so snow, let it snow, let it snow, yeah. right? Which is fantastic. And and I think it encapsulates what I love about certain alt Christmas movies, which mm-hmm. is the characters are going through something horrific, whether it's like, you know, whatever it is, they're going through something awful. And by going through that awful thing, they find each other and their meaning of the holidays again at the end, right? That to me yeah. is really special. And Die Hard is, uh, it, it kind of exemplifies exemplifies that that spirit for me, and I know it's it is controversial. There are people who believe that uh, it is not a Christmas poop movie, and I, <laughs> I feel for those people to be just wrong about stuff sometimes. But um, to me, it is a a really satisfying experience. And and that that final shot, let it snow, let it snow, as they drive off through a clear skied Los Angeles night, is is just perfect for me. Okay. All right, I, I say I would, I would agree with that one. I think I'm I'm of that camp as well. Yeah. What about, uh, what about you, Rob? What's your second? Wait, can I just say something? Anybody sure. who wants to say that it's not a Christmas movie, <laughs> ho ho ho! I have machine gun too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on, come on! What are you talking about? Of course, yeah. it's a Christmas movie. Yeah, it's, it's a great Christmas it, movie. Yeah. It's no. Let me tell you this. Here you go. I was gonna bet. I'm glad you went first because my number two is tied. Die Hard is one of them. Yeah. The other one is again, is again a movie that is not necessarily a Christmas movie, but it is the movie that I, being one of my favorite movies, I watch at Christmas simply because it's set in the winter, which is The Iron Giant. Oh, yeah, and, okay. And, okay. and I really do. That is, to me, must-watch viewing to remind, if I don't haven't watched it previously over the course of the year, mm-hmm. that is the movie that I darn well try to make sure I get in to, to get myself in the holiday spirit. Um, there was some TBS or one of them tried to do Iron Giant marathons at one point, hmm. I think, a few years ago. And it doesn't end, you know, there's the Christmas vacation and the uh, Christmas story once, not two. But yeah, my second one is, and then the rest are all after that. It's all the usual suspects. But uh, to me, that is a. <laughs> you watch the usual suspects at Christmas? Wow. Well, you see, there's a sequel. <laughs> yeah, that there's was a sequel. It's the super <laughs> subtle. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> okay that's interesting okay so um then okay so then let's switch over to then uh television show now i, I this is what i wanted to do as opposed yeah. to uh having like the, the the movie essentially is trying to emulate a mood for a particular amount of time i think i mean i don't know if there was a real christmas spirit to die hard or if we just imbued it with that but that's regards but the the first two you guys mentioned both are have christmas in the title like they're intended that but with a television show you're spending your time, you know, the whole year, something, something years, sometimes decades with these characters. And they also are celebrating the holidays from time to time. Now, by the rules of scheduling, they're probably usually shooting them in like August. But what then of, of the television shows that you've seen, do you think really has really caught the Christmas spirit uh, and then, you know, had managed to preserve it over time? Like some Christmas specials have not aged terribly well so mm-hmm. i'm hoping you guys pick some ones that did so let's we'll, we'll reverse the order then so rob what's yeah. your first television oh, episode and, and, and as soon as you said this i i, I started to tear up 
because <laughs> this is the preeminent episode for me. Season one, episode 10 of The West Wing. Oh, it's an episode entitled In Excelsior Deo. Deo. Yep. Mm-hmm. It is it is the greatest episodic television Christmas episode of all time. You can fight me, but I got to <laughs> tell you that epi- that scene where Toby gets yeah. confronted in the Oval Office. And, you know, the thing I love about that is the kind of I mean, this was intentional. The president. OK, for those of you who haven't seen the show, right, the president played by Martin Sheen, he's Catholic. He's getting a little curmudgeon-y here at this time of year. Mm-hmm. Toby has has basically pulled strings in the president's name behind his back to uh, sort of uh, get a, a military funeral with all honors for a homeless vet who had died wearing a coat that he had given given away. And the moment where Martin Sheen looks at him and he's like, well, what, you want to, should we do this for every homeless vet we find? And he's like, yeah, certainly we should, right? I mean, like, yeah, I hope so. And there is this moment where Martin Sheen <laughs> plays it because literally I can tell you what's going on in, in, in Jed Bartlett's fa- in head in that moment is uh-huh. Christmas. And I got schooled by a Jew again. <laughs> it is so wonderful. And then when they go to leave and Mrs. Lanningham is like, after she scolded Toby and is like, yeah. can, can I come? When yeah. you know that that character lost two of her sons in Vietnam. Yeah. Let me tell you when those strings of little drummer boy kick in. Yeah. That's that is golden television. Yeah. That, that episode is, that is yes. Sorkin, off the that, Sorkin at his most powerful. At yes. Best, for sure. Yes. Yeah. That's what I can say. Yeah. Personally, I, 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 lo- I love that episode. I think it's fantastic. My favorite of the West Wing Christmas things is actually the next year. Second thing, because that's where um, Josh is dealing with PTSD, essentially from oh, the shooting, yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. And that's oh, where that's one of right. my favorite moments of all time is, is guy falls in a hole speech. And yes. that happens yes. with yeah. the Christmas tree behind it and them playing and all that kind of stuff. They did like, good stuff. Yeah. He yeah. was doing good stuff. Yeah, yeah, like Aaron Sorkin, like he can like take those those iconic things and just rework them into a new way. Yeah, it's good stuff. Good choice. Right, um, I will say that was on my list. And so I'm glad it got taken. That, okay. that is, uh, I'm, I'm glad that's represented. Uh, I'm going to, oh, oh. so now I have three left. Uh, so if, if we get to the last one and it hasn't been called yet, then I might just scream it out, even if, when it's not my turn. Okay. Uh, I'm going to start with a season four, episode five uh, episode, which uh, is timey-wimey and uh, oh. time-travelly, and it is from the show Lost. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> what do you think about oh, that? I, mean, I thought that was going somewhere else. I know, me too. <laughs> This is a whole show that is dedicated to keeping people apart from one another. And at Christmas time, we are introduced to an eight-year time gap between my favorite couple on the show, which was Desmond and Penny. Uh, And in this episode, Desmond gets to call Penny after begging eight years prior for her not to change her phone number. And he calls her, and they they are reunited. And she is standing there in front of the Christmas tree, and it's like the most extraordinary gift to be able to talk to one another and all of this is overlaid on the other desmond leaving at the same time like it is just very complicated but it was extraordinary television and i felt like it was so incredibly rewarding that this show again dedicated to losing people would Mm -hmm. take the christmas episode and find them again i thought that just was was so touching and uh it is one of few episodes that i have watched multiple times of that of that show uh i think it's just wonderful that is a, yeah, that is one of my favorite, and I'm, and I'm with you on that too. I'm showing it to my teenage daughter right now, and so we're actually have just gotten to the last season, 
Well, oh. so we watched the first the first episode of the yeah. last season she's like what what is going yeah. on i was yeah. like yes take that yeah. feeling and there hold on questions. to it because <laughs> 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 it will it will find a place in your heart and live for yeah. the rest of your time uh but yeah desmond was on and that's the thing that's interesting is that as we're watching as we we're watching the first season i was like none of my favorite characters are here <laughs> yeah isn't <laughs> like, that weird? all the people that i really love in that show don't show up until so much later yeah until like season four right yeah. <laughs> like season three or four like it's yeah. it, it was it really uh, kicks rolling, it's really yeah. interesting it's amazing yeah so yeah that's a that's a good trade I, I would never have thought of that but yeah you. so yeah i'd say you were, took us on a little, your intro took us on a, little I, bit of a journey i'm so Rob. curious where did you think i was going yeah, to I'll go. say, are you taking us back to that place well, no, I thought you were going Doctor Who. I yeah. thought you were going to pick a Doctor yeah. Who Christmas episode. Yeah. <laughs> no. Nope. That, that okay. seems like something I would save that for you. Well, no. Okay. And those are tied as my oh. third options. But I'm going to, but I got to tell you, there's a, there's a, there's a much more modern episode that is in constant rotation during the holidays. Okay. Season two, episode four, a little episode of Ted Lasso called yeah. Carol of the yes. Bells. Oh, that's the my one. Gosh. That's the yes. one. Yeah. Which is outstanding. And I didn't know this when I was kind of looking this up, right? Do you know that that was a late addition to the season? Oh. Yeah. Because they they had only been originally greenlit for 10 episodes. They had specced them out, done everything, producing. And then they're like, oh, no, let's do 12. And they're like, well, what are we going to do? <laughs> and one of the options was, well, let's do this Christmas episode. And dang, that episode yeah. is fantastic. The scene is the one that gets me is when he when he takes um, uh, Roy Kent takes mm -hmm. his niece yeah. to the door, door, to, door to tell the boy who's been making fun of her. Be the better person. You've, you've hurt my feelings. Apologize. That is unbelievable. The shot down the dining the dining room table with yeah. the whole. It's it's all of it. It's amazing. Yeah. We're going to watch it again. And we'll in fact, yeah. we'll watch it multiple yeah. times Absolutely. this season. It's yeah. fantastic. It's that that one has the line that has stuck into in our family, which is when uh, um, Kelsey turns around and says, I'm sure you don't need to get rid of your dog. I'm sure the doctor has a solution because science is real and it's Christmas. <laughs> we, we just die every time. It's awesome. It's, yeah. it's such a great episode because as opposed to like, like nothing gets the West Wing episode, but that's like a, a Toby focused episode yes so toby has a great you know like has a, a very moving christmas that changes him right uh but then like the thing about the ted lasso christmas that's so amazing to me is that everybody's at their best yeah like the in a show in a massive ensemble show like every they keep adding more characters and they're just as fascinating everybody gets a great moment where like yeah. they get a chance to shine even the players who only maybe ha might have two or three lines yeah they still get to have that little like, oh, I didn't get to go home for X, Y, or Z. Like, so you you know what their story is all the way. And I think, yeah, when, I mean, in a in a uh, show full of MVPs, I like Higgins has some oh, of the best moments. Yeah, in that. Like, yeah. when, like just the moment of him remembering where everyone is from oh. is such like a wonderful Christmas. Like, oh right, like this is this is a good dude. Doing yeah, something we're not gonna nice. we're not gonna demonstrate change in characters. We're just gonna show you the best of people as someone for you to aspire to. Yeah, right. As the viewer, like I, I we watched that about Higgins. Like, oh, I should take better care with names. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's just no choice. There's no chance to think otherwise. Uh, so, 
Yeah. Does that mean right. I, I get to go now? And that means all yes. all of my picks have now been covered. Thanks, to Rob. <laughs> so thank you, Rob. Uh, I would like to go back in time uh, to. Oh, you this didn't actually, have that quote memorized. You <laughs> actually done. <laughs> good lines, I would like good to lines. go back. Yeah, good lines. Um, uh, season one, episode eleven. Uh, it, it is called "My Own Personal Jesus." That is an oh. episode of Scrubs. Scrubs. Yeah. Um, Oh. I, I, there's so many, I, I mean, I, I really love this and uh, this episode because it is, it, it's one of those episodes where uh, Turk is incredibly enthusiastic about Christmas and his beliefs and his God and all of the things that make Christmas for him. And he is beaten down by medicine <laughs> on Christmas Eve. He's just destroyed by it. And at the end, no matter what people do to, to kind of show him that all these coincidences at the hospital are really good. And you, you know, you're doing fine. And he's like, no, I'm not going to, I'm not even going to mass. Like I'm done. I'm done. I'm never going again. I'm exhausted. So many people have been left hurting. And the final sequence where Turk runs across the hospital to Nina Simone's center man <laughs> and helps deliver this baby under the Christmas tree, under the star that he believes is the star that's guiding him on Christmas, the Christmas star. And he delivers his baby. All the coincidences come into play and, uh, uh, and it, it kind of resolves in this, like, Oh, we can't find, you know, we can find our spirit and our faith. And, and that's why we're in medicine too. And so, you know, it is, I think the in season one, the best of this show mm. that uses sarcasm to deliver heart more effectively. And, and I, I think it was an episode to be very, very proud of. Plus, it gives us banana hammock, which was another staple of when we don't know what to say, <laughs> this is what we say in our family is banana hammock. So uh, season one, episode 11 of Scrubs. That's great. I, I, I haven't even thought about Scrubs in a long time. Awesome. So we tried, that's that's the one we tried to show to, to, my, my, to Zoe, uh, to my, my daughter, and she was like not into it. Like, yeah, yeah. The first, the first couple episodes of Scrubs four three is tough. Yeah, it's tough. It feels it's, old. It's, it, yeah. yeah, exactly. So, all right. So, uh, Rob, what's oh, your second one? So, or did I, I do? No, I did already. Right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. You I, was okay. I went, I went backwards. Yeah. I had my second. Um. Uh. So I have a, a just as a as a left field one. One of the one of the weirdest things, and then we're going to sort of like uh, sort of dig into the meat of it. But there was one Christmas episode that I would never have expected to be to actually be a touching, moving Christmas thing that I think about every Christmas. So weird. It's Special Agent Oso. So <laughs> this was a show on Disney Junior that was it was basically it was Sean Astin and he was a a bear secret agent. Uh, and he, so I watched this with my kids. Obviously, this I was I was a little too old for it. Just watching that. So I mean, like the the premise show is basically like uh, this girl can't tie her shoes, so they deploy Special Agent Oso with all this technology and stuff to go and help this kid do a thing. So that's that's the every every episode is basically that. Like the kid is going through just a, a basic kid crisis. Special Agent Oso like you know flies through the air and then comes down and helps the kid do whatever it is that they're, they're trying to do before that. And usually there's, it's like, and they do it in a spy motif in terms of like, like, Oh no, like the, the bus is coming down the street. Oh, so you only have 10 seconds. And he's like, as he's trying to, you know, tie this kid's shoe or whatever it is. So like they do a, a whole thing. And Sean Astin's fantastic. So it, it's just, and it was one of these like harmless, nice Disney shows that you can just have on and, and the kids would like it. So I used to watch my daughter and then the Christmas special came. And so it was, I'm probably going to get choked up just talking about it. Cause it's, it's so it's, it was such a, such a sniper shot that I had no idea was coming. 
and it's the same thing. It's like, you know, Oso's trying to have the perfect Christmas and stuff and he's running and he's like, but he's also trying to do his job. So he's like, he's, he's super busy. So he's like going around doing stuff. And then all of his like uh, people, like the, his support team essentially they are, are working on a, a Christmas surprise for him and he doesn't know what it is. So he's busy the whole time. And now he's thinking, oh, I ruined Christmas because I had to work essentially. I didn't get to do all this stuff. And he shows up at the headquarters and finds the kid, every kid from the entire run of the show is there to celebrate him and like share Christmas because he helped them. Now they're there to like thank him and give him like, you know, basically gifts and stuff too. But it's like literally all like, like you help me tie my shoe. You help me pack my bag. You help me make a sandwich. Like all the kids there. And I was like, Oh, Oh, oh I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know. Oh. <laughs> like the, that, that this show, this disposable show had a sense of continuity and history and actually went and like, but like, no, no, it meant something. What you did meant something to these kids. I was like, Oh, Oh wow. I didn't, I didn't expect emotion from special agent. Oso, but like every Christmas, I think about that, him coming into the room and all the kids being there. It's like, Oh, okay. So yeah. So this is, this is where things get interesting at Christmas time, especially with these Christmas stories is that, there is like when we talk about weaponized nostalgia, like this is exactly that. I mean, this is essentially they're they're trying deliberate as opposed to having the emotion sort of be a secondary or afterthought or everything. Like you know, the, as we talked a little bit about the sort of cynicism that comes along with some of the Star Wars projects, where it's like they're specifically playing chords that they know will resonate with you. Um, the, this is definitely this is specifically aimed at your heart, at your nostalgia and stuff too. So, like, sort of the two main sort of uh, tent poles for our conversation are going to be uh, Spirited, which is a new version of Christmas Carol, and un- and was is it another Christmas story or Christmas story it's story? Christmas, it's a Christmas story Christmas. Christmas, Christmas story, story Christmas, Christmas. That's what it is. Right. Uh, Christmas story Christmas, which are, are both deliberately trying to hearken back to Christmas stories that are known and loved uh, and, <laughs> and to try and sort of get that feeling. And so we all, I, I did not watch Christmas story Christmas because uh, as many longtime listeners will know, I hate a <laughs> Christmas story. I think I saw it, I think once. And I was like, this is not for me. This is the nice way of me saying that. Uh, so I did not watch it because I don't ever want to watch Christmas story again. And I certainly don't want to watch a sequel to it, but I know both <laughs> of you did. So you're going to be leading more of this discussion because I there's, it's my show. I took a stand. I did, well, but I did watch spirited and I have a couple of things of that. So let's and, talk and where about do you that stand first. though. Where do you stand on guardians of the galaxy holiday special? Oh yes, we can have yeah, that. And then uh, we I throw that we'll in that one too. Yeah. I, was, I watched that one as well. And I, yeah, I have, I to talk about that too, because that is, yeah a little bit different because it's not it's it's trying to harken back to those sort of christmas special like the star wars mm-hmm. holiday special and that but but not specifically referencing that too so yeah we'll, yes. we'll, we'll right. include that in our in our discussion too of the of the sort of three big time new nerdy christmas things that are happening this 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 season can so, we do a christmas story christmas first yes that's what i was okay. hoping to do so i say so i say it, it was Pete had that as his pick, but you seem like you have a lot to say. So I want to say this. So first of all, before before you get into the new one, what is your feeling on a Christmas story? Like like Pete had was very clear. And so was I. Well, how do you feel about Christmas story? The original. Oh, well, it was one. It was my first pick on the movie that we watched for Christmas. So, yeah, I love it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love it. Because, again, 
I, I take it as that it, it's it's a look into my dad's childhood, and and I yeah. like the whole. Hey, guess what? Without that movie, you don't get the Wonder Years. So you know what I mean, like because that was clearly influenced the narrated mm-hmm. sort of like childhood experience, right? So that's yeah, you, that would be my take on that. You might you might have Stand by Me as part of that. But yeah. Okay, maybe that too, but. Uh, <laughs> It's Christmas. Uh, so here's, here's want to see, see a yeah. dead Santa. Yeah. Here's my, here's my, here's my talk about, here's my talk about nostalgia. So I think anytime you try to make things that are trying to really reap this nostalgia that we have, mm-hmm. you have a, a minefield to go through. And the minefield is one of three things, yeah. style, story, and scenes. Meaning you're either going to try to retell the same story you're going to embody a certain type of style that you're trying to hit on the, the buttons of this, or you're just going to go ahead and re remake shot for shot scenes from whatever this thing is you thought you loved. And here's the deal. Any type of nostalgia pool is, is a combination of those three things. The ones that fail are the ones that go to, they go overboard, right? Yeah. I mean, like they just go nuts doing it. So here's what I want to tell you about a Christmas story, Christmas, which my wife and I watched halfway through this. I turn to my wife and go, this is exponentially better than I expected. Oh. And my wife says. Let me just say, what did you expect? (laughs) I I thought it was going to be cornball and silly and ridiculous. I I thought it was going to be a waste. If did, for no other reason, did you expect on, it to be like you were said before the, like sort of a remake? I expected it to be a shot for shot, beat for beat, total remake of the original. And I thought that this was just low, the lowest hanging for this is fruit on the ground for HBO Max. And the fact that they even still released it meant, I don't know, because who knows what's going on at HBO Max these days. But I will just tell you that if you go right now on your HBO Max app and you go through the stuff that has been recently released, it's at the end of all <laughs> the tiles. Yeah. So I went in with low expectations. Halfway through the movie, I say, wow, this is exponentially better than I expected. And my wife said, who's not a fan of the original movie mm. said, uh, I love this movie. Oh, and let me say that by the time we got to the end, there were a few moments I actually teared up, which I don't do in the original. This was, it is spectacular. It okay. is spectacular because it doesn't. Yes. There are the moments they capture a moment. And in the credits, They'll show you the shot that, you know, the shot that they were recreating with the original, but they don't do it to where they've ruined it. They haven't ruined the moment. They've just shown that in life. There are moments that you will remember because you lived them as a child, right? This, this it's outstanding. It never flubs up in terms of the nostalgia pool. It doesn't do any of the really dumb things you think it's going to do to make it bad. And there are genuine moments that I was like, holy cow, you guys like this is better than the original. I can't believe I said this, but honestly, and yes, maybe it's because it does take place in 1973. And and I distinctly remember many of the things that it shows from 19, the 1970s. So it might be my rememberies and not my dad's that I'm like, oh, wow, this is actually great. It. It's a, it's a class it's, it is literally a exhibit in how you pull nostalgia and do it. Hmm. Well, I Pete, have I oversold it? <laughs> well, I, 
I don't want to, I, I don't want to, uh, like, uh, as, as we say, I don't want to yuck your yum. And, and I don't <laughs> think I will. I don't think I share the same exuberance, but also note, and, and I have to say just for the record, um, in, in terms of a spoiler, uh, my dad died uh, the, at Christmas last year. And this movie is about Ralphie's dad dying quite suddenly i have to say that out loud because it kicked me in the groin very very hard right up front because i'm processing that actively going into the holiday season having just done thanksgiving the first one without dad and that's very very hard so Mm -hmm. this i was i was it, it was a struggle to get through the first act of this movie and then we started chuckling a bit and there are some fun like things around the family now knowing my allegiance to national lampoon's <laughs> christmas vacation um there are many scenes that are direct crossovers like peter billingsley who is screen screen story credit for this movie uh, mm-hmm. with uh, nick shank um is and and also plays Ralphie and played Ralphie as a kid so he he loved the story and writes it again him, himself the sequel he clearly loved Christmas Vacation, too, because there's the crazy sledding scene, there's the yes. Christmas tree scene, there's all the scenes that are there. And, and I don't think they're done as well, but they are done earnestly. And that is the yeah. one thing I can give for this movie is that it is an earnest movie and it is full of, like, when the laughs come, they are heartfelt laughs for me. Like, they are, um, it, it is a movie that that knows what it wants to celebrate and when it hits those, like for example, uh, the kids who are getting bullied by the the other the bullies on the on the snow, the snowmobile, because the snowmobile keeps driving over their 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 snowmen, so they build a snowmobile or snowman around the the tree trunk, so that the kids run it. It's it is comic. It's it's comic goodness. Like you know, it's a, it satisfies that funny and yet vindictive bone in in us. And, and I <laughs> we all laughed at some of those at some of those bits. And by the end. To Rob's credit, by the end, my God, uh, I did not expect to feel the way I felt. For a movie that largely I felt middling about, mm. the end kicked me in the teeth. Like, <sighs> it was a blow to the groin, then a blow to the teeth. It, and the middle was just kind of <laughs> soggy middle. But I could not believe how I felt. Like, I couldn't believe. Uh, you know, you're, you're never going to get your quote on a DVD cover. <laughs> <laughs> things like that a kick to the groin and a blow to the teeth however you probably teeth. could get posted up higher on rotten tomatoes so you know <laughs> that maybe, is maybe you're no, more new media than i am all right no y- you know what i i will tell you this okay and first of all just a little side note i i have not experienced what you experienced but my wife did because like the i'll never forget this like two weeks after her father passed away, yeah, we go and like, okay, I'm going to cheer you up. Let me take you to a movie. And we went to go see happy Gilmore. Oh my God. And I'm just going to tell you. <laughs> uh, yeah. Peace. Like, I, I, I mean, <laughs> we yeah. got it right. Like, yeah, well, I totally yeah. didn't know. Well, and by the way, I, because they, they've, they've teased it. And again, okay. We're minor spoilers here. They teased that the old man had passed in all the trailers. Mm hmm. I didn't realize the movie was going to begin the way it did, yeah. which you need to see it because <laughs> that was shocking. Like I did not expect that. Yeah. But, the, but the thing that you get in at the end is to see, to see Ralphie's his moment where he actually gets what he wanted, but in a different route mm-hmm. was so overjoying. Oh it was just filled with joy and his moment with Farkas. Yeah. Which is the bully from the original movie. I mean, it's extraordinary. that was stunning. Moments Ex- of redemption. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. there are moments in this movie 
that by have no rhyme or reason to yeah. be in a Christmas story Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> like you literally will go, what movie is this? Like, well, what am I doing here? And this is a this is a point I'd like to lodge now mm. uh, in favor of a Christmas story before we talk about Spirited. This movie's sure. third act is very efficient in terms of resolving all the threads very quickly, neatly, satisfactorily, uh, yes. you know, so that by the time we get to the end, we're, we feel rejuvenated. At least I feel sort of rejuvenated and like emotional, um, but open and mm-hmm. not exhausted by its efforts to end. And... I, I just want that out here because it's important when we talk about this next movie. Uh, <laughs> I, I think it is. Uh, I, I think it is a movie that is. It's actually, if predictably, certainly uh, uh, efficiently and well constructed. It is a competent movie that mm. delivers where it needs to deliver. And so, mm. in in that regard, I, I actually I think it's good. And I am not the uh, the raving fan of a Christmas story that Rob is. But I'll tell you, right when I finished this movie, I thought. Man, we should go watch the other one. Like, let's. Th- it felt of a piece to the <laughs> first one, and that I think is is not damning it with faint praise at all. Like, it is. It's it's solid. Okay, totally. Uh, now, are you? I guess as someone who, who who's not a fan of, of Christmas Story, um, and I don't want to yuck anybody's yum. I'm just you know, it's it's everybody has their own individual things. But are you able to like? articulate why it is that you enjoy it or is it one of those things that like it was so fundamental in when you watched it that it just like it is as opposed to like oh no it's actually good because x y i don't need you to like give me a full review i'm just curious do you have a, a sense of this is a good christmas movie because x or is it just like no it was always part of my christmas and so it's it's part of my you know core christmas movie dna Wait, are you talking about the new one? No, I'm talking about the original one. Like just oh, like ori- yeah. for that point. I mean, like n- not even not even like old versus new or you know accessibility. I'm just curious, like your individual feeling about Christmas Story. Is it is it like I have I have movies like Return to Oz is one of my favorite movies, sure. but like I can't defend it. Like I can't like <laughs> sit you down and go like no no it's really good like because because I know it's built into my DNA. Like it was one of the movies that changed me, and mm-hmm. so I know that by the by the standards of it. I mean, I was on a podcast you know, defending it too and they're both like really this movie and it's like well yeah <laughs> but and I, I've, I've accepted that but there are like Die Hard I think is a movie that stands up that anybody you can watch it now and it's still like is is solid even here in as we're talking about this in 2022 do you feel that way about Christmas Story the original Christmas Story yeah I, I, I'm going to say no. you were first Rob just because yeah, you totally. have the floor but no 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 a Christmas story uh has always connected to me because I am an incessant daydreamer and I'm an incessant <laughs> daydreamer to a insane level yeah and what that shows in a Christmas story when Ralphie has his moments to make himself feel better or to b- pump himself up that insanity that happens yeah. I can relate to that immediately and I totally get it it is what has always drawn me to that to that storytelling and I love the way he does it. And the moment that they do it, they don't overdo it. Hmm. But the moment they do it in the sequel, we literally had to rewind it because it is so brilliantly shot. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say on that. And, and I realized that it was like the 10 embedded questions, Pete. But like, what, <laughs> what is your thought on my weird rambling question? Well, uh, yeah. Okay. So I, I think I have to start with first, I think it's a holidays and probably should have said this at the beginning that mm-hmm. I think, and, and I'll, 
I'll speak globally. I think we as an organism are Mm -hmm. more generous with our willingness to accept manipulation in terms of nostalgia at the holidays than we watch this movie in June. Um, So I like I'm already primed (laughs) for it. So it's it's set me up. Uh, I I think Peter Billingsley is actually, you know, a, a competent you know, choice maker in terms of the movies that he chooses to be involved in, whether he's producing, he's on as a producer of Iron Man for crying out loud. Like yeah. he's, uh, he directed couples retreat, which I may be an Island. I thought that movie was funny. <laughs> so like he's involved in some, in some interesting things and you can feel some of, of his DNA, um, you know, that sort of DNA uh, also in this movie that he, he clearly loves very much. Um, I think, I don't have the connection that Rob does to the first one. I think it's funny because of its bits, because of the bits that that make mm-hmm. me laugh. I think as a whole, it kind of leaves me uh, lacking. Um, so I remember the bits. The thing about this movie is it's talking to me. Mm-hmm. It's talking to the middle-aged guy who just lost his dad and would love to be a writer of a 2,000-page book that people actually like. Like, it's talking <laughs> to me directly through Peter yeah. Billingsley. And yeah. that is, like, I, I, you know, I know my wife and my son, uh, we watched this together last night, and I know they, they liked it very much, but mm-hmm. I don't know that they understood it the way I feel like I did. And, yeah. and I kind of hold court with this movie in a different mm-hmm. way. Uh, so... I don't yeah. know if that answered your question. No, it, it did. I, I was, I was, I mean, I was more interested in the feeling because sort of feeling is what I, I'm sort of going as we, as we sort of pivot, because I guess th- this is the, the weird subjective part of this, of the nostalgia thing of, of the intentional heartstring thing is that I feel very um, sensitive to that in these movies, in that I, I feel like there's a lot of it, the, the, there's a, there's a, you know, there's the crass commercialism part of it. There's, there's like, Hey, we got to make a movie. Let's make a movie at Christmas kind of thing. And then there's the ones that I feel like are actually have something to them. So one of the reasons I don't like Christmas story and I don't like um, National Lampoon's Christmas vacation uh, is that I feel they are cynical movies. I feel like they are, they are, they have to me. And this is once again, this is all subjective. And that's what this whole thing is about is the subjectivity of it. I feel they have a mean heart. And that, and there's a couple of Christmas movies that are, are very popular that I feel that same way. Where I watch them, and I'm like, I don't understand what. The, I mean, like as, as a comedy, yeah, they're okay. But like when you try and have it also be a Christmas thing, like I, I I put them up there with like Christmas with the cranks, where it's just like, yeah, look, people doing wacky stuff at Christmas, being terrible at each other, but they all learn something in the end. I'm like, no, bad thank Santa. You. But that being said, I don't need. A, a full-on thing of sentimentality i really like a bit of of sour with the sweet i like a little bit of something like that you get into some darker stuff before you sort of pivot out of it you know like as we're going to talk about christmas carol is exactly that it is a mm-hmm. haunting ghost story of a terrible person who then is turned around by by these kind of things and so i i like i like a scrooged you know, where you get mm-hmm. to actually see, like, this is a, a bad person. This is a person doing terrible things. Um, I mean, my, 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 of course, my favorite Christmas Carol adaptation is Muppet Christmas Carol, because I think of course it, it does the best. Uh, it's the best music. It's got, it actually does. It has, uh, you know, Michael Caine, like, doing one of the best Scrooges ever. And there just happens to be chickens and seeing vegetables around it. But he doesn't, he doesn't care. Like, he's there to deliver, mm-hmm. like, a top-tier performance. He is going through these honest emotions. And so, um, as, as so, so every year, there seems to be another 
adaptation. And I've I, I watched diligently. I've watched a bunch of the screen, even even the the really really dark one that came out a couple of years ago with uh, Guy Pierce, uh, where I think the movie starts with someone literally pissing on Marley. <laughs> he's he's pissing on Marley's grave, and they cut to Marley in the grave being pissed on. Like, oh my that's god! How, that's how dark it I did not see that. It. Oh yes, uh, yeah. I mean, it gets into like it gets into like um, a forced prostitution. I mean, it's a it's a Christmas romp for the whole family. Uh, but but like but I, I get that. Rob, I mean, I I'd like it. your full review by yeah, eight a.m. They, they over they oversteered like that. Like, <laughs> okay, all right. They, they went way too much. So so now that brings us to the newest adaptation of a Christmas Carol, and that's spirited uh so spirited is a uh, apple tv plus original so i know a lot of you probably haven't seen it <laughs> but i would say uh you know for the five dollars you the the payment it's worth it like it's like just even for just that and uh you know we could get we could provide you with a list of of how to spend and ted lasso you get to watch yeah, ted, lasso. ted lasso yeah, and, yeah you've and already got two right i mean there's a bunch of there's a, there's like enough yeah. to justify your five dollars as you're home hopefully on vacation <laughs> for a certain amount of time uh but this one so um i i i'm curious your thoughts on this because i have not talked to I watched it uh, last night uh, before we recorded. Uh, I have not talked about anything to anybody, so I'm, I'm, I'm sort of coming into this completely new. Uh, so I guess uh, then we'll start with Pete then. So what was your, uh, what were your initial thoughts? Like, how did, how, did you, uh, what, how did you feel about Ryan Reynolds I, and uh, Will Ferrell in Spirited? I love your position on the, the salt and the sweet. And yeah. in fact, when we watched this movie, we watched it as a whole family. My daughter watched it, and she did not care for it because Ryan Reynolds' character is the most reprehensible version of this as a modern guy, yes, uh, a modern business-like archetype that we've seen, and he's so hateful like yes. he's it, this he's, is up in is. the air the musical right this yes. is like he, lobbying for guy. the yes he is a bad guy and i think he plays it wonderfully and if yeah. you get yourself out of of that like if you're if you're for me i'm approaching it as a, a retelling of a christmas carol mm -hmm. and as a musical and sure. the music written by the folks uh, the guys the writing pair uh, that did um, uh, dear evan hansen and la la land and like they 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 know how to manufacture music that is yes specially tuned for my head mm -hmm. um and this felt as jubilant and exuberant and an expression of all of those things as i've seen in a long time i was thrilled with it i was absolutely thrilled we've had the soundtrack on rotation in the house uh -huh. for the for all over thanksgiving week uh it is uh we just think it's it is delightful the only thing uh that i think i would have liked to see even though will ferrell is a national treasure he already has elf <laughs> <laughs> like he already has one iconic uh, Christmas movie. I think Hugh Jackman should have been in this one oh, uh, because wow. Hugh Jackman and Ryan Reynolds, they're like Hugh Jackman is a bona fide song and dance man. And yes. to oh have these God. two together, that would all. Did I do he okay, Rob? Movies. Did I fix it? Holy I mean, cow. There's, you there's didn't, a, well, because here's, I, here's I the deal. Go, can, we, can we just shift to that multiverse? Because I really want to see that. Dude. When this comes to Broadway, just for like a yeah. one month. Yeah. <laughs> Put you in the Because league. this Wait. deserves to be a scene live. I think it would be delightful as a live. I think production. so, too. My mind is blown away by that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I'm just delighted I got to it first, Rob. I'm just <laughs> oh, I'm I'm it. almost like I, I am speechless. Well, I, continue because I don't want to. I don't want to interrupt where you were headed. 
No, no, no. I, I mean, it sounded I like a mic drop to me. Yeah, it was a mic. I was, I, I, <laughs> oh my God. Uh, I mean, I mean, well, no. So here's the deal. Yeah. We've done this before. Like, oh, like, oh, did that fix it? It doesn't need fixing, really. I'm, yeah. gonna, mm. I agree with you 100%. I loved it. My wife loved it. She loves Ryan Reynolds. It was yeah. fun. The only, the only thing I had a negative on was a tighter editing for the first two acts. Yes. It runs long. Mm-hmm. But when it, it but, feels it and it feels it because you're like, I'm and, and I was still into it because I'm like, I really love where this is going. There are some twists to the story, mm-hmm. but I will tell you the greatest thing to me is, and I don't want this isn't spoilery because it's Christmas Carol. The idea that it's basically saying, and I don't know if you could get a better Christmas theme is that, Hey, change doesn't happen overnight, right? Mm-hmm. That change actually happens in baby steps and you will always yeah. be taking a few steps back. Mm-hmm. And Oh yeah, by the way, no one is irredeemable. Yeah. is maybe yeah. one of the most stellar takes on a Christmas carol, dare I say ever, because yeah. I think it is it is outstanding. If they would have just tightened up those first two acts, yes. this is a key, this is a classic. Yeah. This is a classic Christmas movie. Yeah. I, 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 would, I, would, I would agree with I would agree with all that. I that was that was my main problem with it is it doesn't know what movie it wants to be until about forty five minutes in, and then it goes, oh yeah. wait, this is the story we want to tell, and then it then it, then it goes right because the, I'd say like the first the opening thing right up until Ryan Reynolds starts singing. I was like, "Ooh, this is rough. Like, we're gonna we're gonna really have to get through this. Like, as much singing, and dancing, sure, great, fine. You start off with a, a you know, high energy number, great. I was like, okay, here we go again. That's- because the, the the weird thing about these kind of movies is is if it doesn't hit you, man, it's hard to get through. <laughs> right. You know, right. In Christmas movies, especially in the same way that if if it's not your sense of humor. Man, a comedy is a slog. Yeah. Like right. if you're not an Adam Sandler fan and you're at an Adam Sandler movie, whew, man, that is, that is a long 90 minutes of just like, so that was a joke? Well, so that was I, supposed to be funny? I totally get that. I feel like I I had, this is, I had my problem with the back end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like this movie needed oh, yeah. to end 17 times and there was a song <laughs> for every one of them. And I liked all the songs. That's yeah. the challenge. True. But, and I think that might've been resolved had they tightened up the first 30 minutes. But yeah. man, because I, it's because a two when, hour when sort of, and like 10 minute movie. And yeah. you, like by the end, you feel those minutes yes. go by. Yeah, the, And uh, this is, I guess this is part of the, the, the downfall of it being an Apple TV plus studios, whatever they're they, like, mm-hmm. thing, is that they sort of go first draft. Good enough. Like <laughs> the, 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 there, there is a good, there is a positive side to the studio system yeah. in that there's a lot of people would be like, um, we kind of have this down where like, at, you know, at this point, this has, have, you know, they, they have a way of like smoothing out some of this. And that's the, what I describe this movie as is lumpy. Is that as you're going along, you're like, oh, now we're going to do this for a little while, but that doesn't mean anything. Now we're going to go back to here. Oh, we thought it was funny, so we just kept it in. Oh, see, this is the director's cut. You really need someone to come in and trim out about 20 minutes of this movie. That is a great way to imagine this movie. This is the director's cut. Yeah, there's so many many things in there that – because when you you find out that it's a buddy movie – it's like, oh, yeah, that's not how you make a buddy movie. <laughs> right. Like, right. You, you, like you don't like you have to you have to show them it's because a buddy movie is a is a rom-com. Like you have to show them on parallel tracks and then they intercede. Yeah. And then they are changed by that intercession. 
you like you don't have like you don't like like when you start out and you just have the main like the guy for the first 15 minutes or whatever then you assume the story's about the guy but it's not it's about the two of them it's a you know isn't that interesting that like this is the same template of elf i thought that was kind of fascinating like they showed us so much of him as an elf before we get to the oh I see what you mean. Yeah. The stuff like, with dad, which is yeah. really the fish out of water stuff we came for. Right. It just was much more efficiently told. Yeah. Right. And and yeah. some of that is music slows things down, <laughs> especially yeah. when you're writing, when everything you write is a hook and not a transition. Right. That, that makes it hard to. Because to you, you have to have that. That's the, that's the thing about the, with a musical, especially. And I want to talk about the, specifically about this as a musical is that you have to have a certain amount of songs that, are are helping to move the story yes. forward and not stopping the story so the person can tell you how they feel. And and that is exactly what this movie did. That's exactly what this movie does. And that's the difference between In the Heights and Hamilton. Yeah. You can see For the sure. progression where Lynn goes, "Oh, like that one of my theater friends told me told me about the park and bark, which is basically like you put a character, put them on stage and they just exp- and they just like throw exposition out yeah. or just basically this is the song about how I feel." Okay, well, you can have you need those. Here. You need absolutely yeah. but every character can't have those, or else <laughs> the story never actually gets moving. And there's a lot of those songs, and and, and the songs are very good, but very there's good. too many of them like in a row where it's just like, and oh, now let's 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 pull this let's pull this bus over so yeah. I can tell you how I feel, and then we'll get back on the road. Well, it's the other option too. It's not about a, a lot of the songs in this are not to tell you how they feel. It's to make you laugh. They're just yeah, to be and, funny. Yeah, and let's say you need, just and you need those too. But at the same time, yeah. thing if you're going to stop me to right. do that, but it's like that you can do this while the story's still moving. Like you can, you can, right. you can have plot in your songs. It's okay. We're we're mm-hmm. on board. Wait, can I tell you one thing though? When you were talking about if there's anybody who watches this and says, "Oh, well, Ryan Reynolds, he's too bad." As a guy who worked in politics for many years, <laughs> there are those people person, exist. Right? Yeah, that, that is really not cool. that is not a caricature. Yeah, at all. That's a real person. So don't think it's not realistic. Yeah, it. Yeah. it I I think that's a that's you know as a musical though, and like you said, the music is good. The it music is, is great, and yeah, it's I all. Bought, I immediately bought the soundtrack as well. Totally singable, I, you know. I was, yeah, it's the rest great. of the night I was walking around, singing yeah. a couple of the things. It was like you know just like, and I'd say, man. If you thought Octavia Spencer could only do one thing, oh man, God. she is unbelievable. She in this movie. is yeah. now officially a an extraordinary two trick pony. She yeah. has two very very strong tricks so yeah. far, and I'm looking forward to more. She's great. Uh, she I know is that. Great. But you know what? That so song is, it was oh. is like like blew the roof off. Like I was like, yeah. oh, I like. The Ryan Reynolds one is great too. Like the mm-hmm. his first song is is amazing and it just like it lifts the whole movie. But like her thing, I'm like, oh, I, I didn't know that. I didn't know you had this gear. That's like, another <laughs> gear. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it takes the movie into a whole another level of depth that I didn't really expect it from. Yeah. you know, sort of like the the previews we had seen of just uh, it's two wacky guys being wacky at Christmas. And it's like no, no, there, there's yeah. a lot more to this. Uh, and like, and like you were the saying, fact about that Will the, Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds and Octavia Spencer and Sunita Mani and Tracy Morgan, like they yeah. all can sing. Yeah, like there was no questionable voice in here. This was not Les Mis. Like, right. <laughs> like everyone mm. brought it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's and one of the things my wife said actually was no one sounded auto tuned. Like, it, like, like when they're singing, it's really sounds like Will Ferrell. It really yeah. sounds like Ryan Reynolds. I mean, and obviously, as as 
people who have done stuff with audio, we know there mm-hmm. probably is some sweetening, but it never sounded like that sort of artificial. Yeah, artificial, smoothed out, polished, you know, sort of a pop thing. Like a lot of a lot of times when there's a musical episode of television, you know, you can tell like, oh yeah, these people didn't really sign on to be singers. Like this isn't yeah. Glee, you know, but so they have to do a lot of like a lot of tweaking, but it really sounds like Ryan Reynolds. It really sounds like Will Ferrell and they're not trying to sing above or below their range. Like they yeah. did a nice job of orchestrating in it. So like they, yeah. it, so you don't go, listen, go, Ooh, hmm, didn't quite, didn't quite hit that note. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah they actually, I expected uh, to say nice. that every time Tracy Morgan had, and he didn't have much, he <laughs> no. didn't have much, but no. when he did, he actually sounded great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it, I mean, like, you said, I, but it did pull together. Like it really, mm-hmm. like by the time it gets to the end thing, I really didn't see the ending coming. I didn't see like, I'm like, like, Oh, Oh, we're going here. Okay. Yeah. All right. Like I'd say the whole sort of in, in what is a traditional structure, like basically Christmas Carol has a, a very rigid structure that everybody sort of follows and riffs on it. They kind of got into the third act and then it kind of started waving a bit. And I really, yeah. I really enjoyed that because I was like, Oh, okay. This, so his, his story's kind of done and now we're over, but then, but it needs to, haven't we, well, aren't we going to, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, so it was nice because there's a lot of unexpected twists and turns then in that third act, which, you know, a lot of times by that point is just like, get to the gravestone. And that's really nice about this is they when they get there, that wasn't the point. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's interesting uh, also in, in the Apple studios thing is that they seem to have a real interest in how things work. And maybe that's because it's built by engineers. And if you look at like, well, Ted Lasso being that thing, but like for all mankind, it's very technical in terms of like how we get to space, how we get to Mars and stuff too. Luck, which was not a good movie, terrible movie, still was about like what? How does luck work? What are the people that go behind the scene? Like you know, the this building of this, like how does it work? And the the people, the organization that does this thing. And now here we have Christmas Carol, and like that. There's a, a structure, an organization. It's how it worked. Like they're very interested in like the systems of how things go. I don't know if that's quite a uh, thing for the, st- for like a, a, a brush to paint the entire Apple studios with, but <laughs> three, I mean, like, you know, there's even a couple shows you could probably, you know, sort of weave that into, like, it, it does seem to be something that they're in the stories they're interested in telling. Well, oh, that, that, yeah, wasn't there the, in the history the whole, of the iMac. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was the other? Uh, the, oh God! It was the the true crime pod. It was Octavia Spencer as a true crime. Oh podcaster, right. The behind yeah. the scenes of a true crime podcast. Yeah, that's right. Ed. Right. So I guess. So I guess. Uh, how would you rank it then in terms of of uh, Christmas Carol? You know, like there's been uh, the Christmas Carol is one of those things that like every year it seems like there's three or four adaptations, you know, Hallmark Channel versions or animated versions or whatever. How would you put this in terms of the um, Christmas Carol of it all? Or, wow. or did it, did it move in it way enough that you don't even consider it sort of a Christmas Carol ish story? Rob? Um, I, with you. I mean, I, I guess Muppet Christmas Carol is still, I think, one of my favorites. Um, I also like the episode of Doctor Who with Matt Smith when they yes. did their take on it. So I have great, that up there. Great one. This is right up there too, but this is like almost a different column. Oh, really? This, you think, you is, think like it moves it? It moves it enough? I, I, I will tell you. I mean, because we'll watch this two more times before Christmas. Wow. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Because it was that. Because it was that enjoyable, and the ending is worth it. it. The ending, the last act, is so worth it in even getting through the first two acts. That mm-hmm. when it slows down, 
yeah, totally. We would totally, we'll, we'll totally watch it again. Okay. What about you, Pete? Um, I am, I'm not so much a classicist, but the, the, uh, uh, 1951 Christmas Carol is the first one that I, that I saw. And it's, it's, it's one I've watched a few times over the years and I hold it in very high esteem. Uh, Albert Finney did a version mm-hmm. that I, I was, yep. uh, I've, uh, seen that. I've seen that one. I think that was the first one I ever saw. Yeah. Yeah. It was, and it was kind of scary. Yeah, pretty scary, and uh, and of course, Bill Murray is as yep. Scrooge is mm-hmm. at the very top of the list. This one, I think, introduces so much uh, of the kind of levity and the modern sentiment, and doesn't mm-hmm. feel like it's going so far afield that it's not a Christmas Carol adaptation anymore, right? It doesn't yeah. cut so many holes in the narrative that, uh, or in the, uh, in the fabric of the mythos that I, I, that I lose track of it. I still, I, I really think it's, it's very, very good. And I'm with Rob. I mean, this is, I can already tell you that this is a thing we're going to keep singing and watching year over year, over year, over year. We just, we absolutely <laughs> will. We already are like, it became, it became cemented in our rotation immediately. Wow. Okay. 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 It, it, it hit you big. Um, yeah. So then, uh, then I guess then let's do so, another high budget <laughs> Christmas thing, which isn't quite an adaptation or anything, but it is very high profile. And that's the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Um, this is interesting because it's, I find it hard to discuss it as a holiday thing, even though that's that's the main thing. Like I, I instantly go to my Marvel fandom brain. Like it, <laughs> I'm having trouble with the whole like keeping the Christmas part of it uh, down there. But uh, let, let's just start with uh, overall thoughts. Like, what, what, let's start with you, Pete. What was your overall impression? How did you feel about the Guardians <laughs> Galaxy holiday? You guys, come on! The opening rainbow special presentation oh, logo man. had me. That was. Oh, had, had you not had you not seen Werewolf by Night? No, I, they premiered I, that I, with Werewolf by Night, I, and that's actually Michael Giacchino wrote that music oh. score, like piece for that. And that was the first time I ever saw that. But I, lo- I absolutely love that, and I can't wait to see if they yeah. keep doing these like things like that, so we can see that again and again. Absolutely extraordinary, vibrant, and the the throwback titles that were like they were doing them like on twos, like it just felt like the they had the frame rates uh, uh, wonky. I just. Yeah. I I felt like that from the from the jump this was James Gunn writing me a, a love letter to my childhood self and <laughs> I I thought that was really special and so it put me like when you talk about the willingness to be manipulated yes that open put me there very quickly like it set me in a place that 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 asked me and was granted permission to manipulate me in in this in that uh, a very transactional sort of uh, approach and i thought it was uh, it was really special um I it was very simple. It's a very simple story, mm-hmm. but it also yeah. gave me glimpses of the, these character relationships that I, you know, we haven't we haven't seen. Mantis and Mantis's arc was actually moved forward in this thing that I yeah. think will pay off in a way uh, for in future Guardians properties, and I look forward to that. I think that's uh, this was I thought a, a really special thing, and of course, you know. They they leaned in hard on the Kevin Bacon mystique, yep. and he I, I'm like he just loves nothing more than lampooning himself on in in these kinds of things, and and I'm I'm here for it. Uh, he was just great. So um, it, no, I'm big fan, big fan. <laughs> okay. What do you think, Rob? Okay, strap yourselves in. Okay, um, <laughs> he hated it. Oh. Let me say let me say a few things. Uh, I I will I will agree to a very low level that there were some moments. 
that <laughs> were okay. Okay. But let me say this before I can easily actually more easily say it in what I think how how this was created. I believe James Gunn wrote the script for this on a flight, probably going somewhere from one side of the country to the other side of the country, mm-hmm. maybe two years ago. I don't know. I believe he submitted this to Disney and Disney read it and said, he wants, he wants to make this. And then someone said, yeah, but you know, maybe we need to green light it. Cause he might go to DC <laughs> and someone at DC and someone else at Disney said, okay, fine. Green light it. Let's see what happens. And he made it and I watched it. And that's pretty much all I have to say about this. Oh, Rob. Wow. Rob, okay. how this are you did, bringing can I tell cynicism you this? to it? I, I, do you wow. remember what I started off? Let me tell you this right now. You remember what I started off and I said, you know, you can go too far in certain things, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And one of them I said was style. And I get he's trying to channel Star Wars Holiday Special, right? I, okay. I, well, or something. Or about, something, yeah. right? Or something. Yeah. Maybe, maybe a Sesame Street episode. Or a Muppet Show Christmas episode. I don't know, yeah. right? Nothing. It did nothing. It did nothing for me. I, 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 I. Why is Groot man in suit? Why? Yeah, why know. is that? That was yeah. That was. I was um, like, did you just like bring the guy what from happened? California Adventure over? Yeah, seriously. I I demand answers on that because what is that yeah, right? The, the internet has taken to calling him Swole Groot. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Um, I couldn't deal with. I really had a tough time dealing with the non-cinematic look of this. Mm. And again, maybe because we're trying to stylize a holiday special. Sure. I just couldn't get into it. Yeah. Yes, there are moments. Um, Pete, the cartoon at the beginning and the end. Yes, it did. I found that interesting. I, there are other things I enjoyed. But overall, more than once I went. Let me tell you, I felt watching this like I feared I would feel watching A Christmas Story Christmas. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, I, I, I like, I, I don't, I don't, there's not enough material here to actually get into a real spirit. No, I know. Seriously. No, like you can like, if you want to like, of we course. could throw down about Wakanda no. forever. Cause there's oh, a, there's yeah. a lot of stuff, but like there's, there's barely enough here for us. I just felt, tip. I just felt this was, I mean, it's, literally it's so slight. It just didn't seem like there, there was not much here. Yeah. It was really. There's a lot of filler. Yeah. The mute. The 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 song part where they're singing the crazy song about. I, I thought just, the song was great. You're not. I, thought, was, I, I, I agree with Pete. <laughs> I think that song was great. The dentist uh, reference was funny. Oh, we were yes. dying. Yeah. And I don't know why the internet is up in arms about man in suit. It was a beautiful, uh, completely hundred percent digital representation of Groot, and. It was gorgeous. The motion, the way it moved, I thought it was fantastic. Okay, I'm glad you didn't come to Earth. That's now funny. wait, I will defend. Now listen, it's not Groot. It's son of Groot, right? Like I mean, technically, right, exactly. this it's is Groot, not Groot. son of Groot, right? Yeah, Groot so Jr. he could be different. This is a, this is a mm-hmm. refrigerator Groot and not right. a Sequoia Groot. Okay, small small Groot. Is yeah, right, all right. right. But I just chlorophyll. I mean, I don't know. It felt I, a lot of it just felt like filler and forced. And I'm just not, I was just, I'm unbelievable. I was not into it. I don't know. Okay. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I guess I'm somewhere. I guess I'm somewhere we're in, in the middle. Uh, we're in a different universe right now yeah. in the multiverse. <laughs> I'm telling you, there is a Rob. I would like to find the Rob that freaking loves this thing. He's out Where's there he? because his joy is what I expected. On he's this still, job. he's still weeping. <laughs> he's still weeping when Ralphie's talking to Farkas in, in an alley. <laughs> yes, <laughs> unlock that guy from the cabinet under the stairs. Um, I, I guess uh, part of my problem with it was. I guess it's 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 so James Gunn. Now I'm a I'm a James Gunn fan, yeah. but like it just seems like they're like I don't know. He's leaving anyways. Sure, just let him do whatever he wants. Because I, I was I'm like I'm like wow. This is once again kind of like lumpy seems to be the the, the thing. Is I was like this is not well put together in terms of like storyline, like. I don't know what, what you were expecting, okay. though. Like, well, and, and okay, I so here's, have to say, I think both of you just plot as a, wise. I have no problem with the plot. I mean, it's ridiculous, but fine. it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. I, 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 I'm I'm super happy that Palm got to really do. Mantis actually has a personality now. Thank yeah. goodness she could. Fight. Like she got to do all yeah. stuff. What happened to Drax? What yeah. happened? Like when we introduced him, the whole his whole thing was that he's like stoic and doesn't understand metaphor. And that's where the joke comes from. Mm-hmm. When did he become just a dick? Because <laughs> ever like and everything from that point, like from Guardians of the Galaxy two, I was like, "Wow, you're just mean and a dick all the time." And you get to say whatever you want because haha, that's just Drax. No, no, that's he not. He doesn't know any better. Yeah, well, he does. I didn't, that's that's I didn't the point. Like we've way. learned now, he does know better, and he just doesn't care. So like he just gets to be an insensitive dick all the time, and we're just okay with that now. I, I didn't. I, don't I just it. didn't so, hear it that way. Like I didn't hear him as a dick. Like I I actually heard Drax, and I I, I worry that some of the like it, at least in sort of nerd I think Dave culture, Batista would agree with me because he does not like yeah. the way that Drax is written. Yeah, I know, I know, but but I do think that there is something to this idea that understanding what is going on behind the scenes with James Gunn and his career trajectory towards sure. DC influences how you might see this property. And had he never left and had he never decided to go to DC, is there a universe there where that Kyle is hanging out with that Rob and they're watching this thing with maybe a little bit more generosity? Uh, Maybe, uh, but if you go back and listen to Road to Infinity, the the podcast that I I created about the things, I had a lot of problems with Guardians of the Galaxy 2 and all those problems are on on, on in sharp display here. Like the further it, it goes... The more it's like, oh, I don't like what you're where you're going with this, and mm-hmm. and like there's a there's a lot of problems, and then and that's the thing is like all the way through. I, now I don't, I don't mind a a character who's a curmudgeon or like you know, I, like to go to, back to Buffy, the Cordelia of it all, where she uh-huh. says speaks her mind even though it hurt. Like you know the the per, the truth teller, all great, but like every time he opens his mouth, he's just gonna say something stupid or mean, and I'm like, why like. Because they're also then there's no redeeming quality on the other side of it because there's no comeuppance. There's no like, oh, you know, Star-Lord needed to hear that. No, he just is there to just say mean things and dumb things. And that's I, it. That's his I'm whole gonna job. I'm going to say this. But no. Why, I'm gonna bu- why I'm, do we need this? No, it, it, it's, it's, it's gotten contorted somehow. Yeah. Let me remind you of the line. I will be happy to die by your side today and in the end see my wife and daughter too. Right. I mean, that would that where's that character? Where going? is that guy? Because that because I mean, 
totally agreed. I what I what I still I still love volume one and I love volume two, but I am really saddened to see what they what the Guardians became in Endgame, what yeah. the or Infinity War, certainly Love and Thunder. Yeah. That's horrible. And this did not th- this is not as bad as Love and Thunder in terms of their appearance. Yeah. But it's it's right under there. Yeah, at, at this point, like I'm I'm looking forward to the Guardians being done. Like I was sad <laughs> about Guardians Volume 3 being it for this group, and now I'm like, oh God, can we just have that? Like, can you just swap that with with uh you know Ant-Man so we can just get it over with? It's Gamora. Like, Gamora was the glue. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, yeah, I, that's, maybe that's, that's a really very good argument to be made there. And I I am I'm bummed that you guys didn't didn't have didn't see it with the same kind of eyes that I did because I did to have that a was really, that was really my biggest problem it. with it is that like yeah. when when one of your two leads, yeah, like every time he opens his mouth, I'm like, <laughs> everything everything is everything he says. I'm like, oh man, stupid I, or mean? Which is it going to be? Flip a coin because those know, are the only if, two things he does the entire thing. Stupid or mean? I, I think it's super possible that I didn't expect much from it. Like I went in with the bar so low that I was really thrilled that it just was able to capture a 10 year old me for it's just un, like not a lot of substance. Yeah. And it just yeah. was what it was. Oh, Kevin Bacon was great. Yep. I'll say okay, Kevin Bacon. Like, like what you, like you said, he came to play. He was having a good time and I love seeing it. Palm. I thought was fantastic getting to do that kind of stuff. I like, the feeling of like taking secondary characters, quote unquote, and then giving them like the lead for a thing. I think that was a brilliant choice in this. It's just, mm-hmm. that was the one thing I, I couldn't get past is like every time it was like, Oh, these two, like, really? <laughs> I mean, I'd almost rather have Groot because you could read into whatever he wanted in that case. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, and, and also I guess it's, it's like, <laughs> I still, I guess I haven't forgiven star Lord for messing up everything with Thanos. like you're being you're doing all this work for him for what like what has he ever done that you need to do all this work haven't forgiven oh no no, i'm I'm kidding i'm kidding i know there was multiple you know i understand dr strange's philosophy on this even though though there's there's a whole can of worms there's a present under the tree we don't want to open uh at this particular time but uh, okay, so obviously we're we're not gonna settle everything here, but yeah, I, I didn't get the, the any Christmas sort of vibe to it. I mean, it was nice and it was fine, but like it's not something I, I feel like I'm gonna go back and watch again. I probably will just get that song, and that'll be enough for me. <laughs> yeah, it's good. I like that. <laughs> but but it's the first the first you know sort of official you know aside from um, Iron Man three the first <laughs> most of the most Christmassy of all of the Marvel properties uh, in all this time is is that that's. That's how the the bar we're willing to set. It is the most Christmassy of Marvel. Iron Man three. Yeah. Iron Man three. Because Iron Man three is a Shane <laughs> yeah. Black movie. So it's therefore, Black it Christmas must be movie. set at Christmas. <laughs> I almost said Kiss Kiss Bang Bang instead of Die yeah. Hard. So another yeah. Christmas, right? Or Long Kiss Goodnight. Or, yeah. Or Lost Boy Scout. I mean, yeah. The list goes on. Uh, anyway, so okay, so as we as we sort of close down our discussion here, uh, are there any unsung Christmas gems? out there that you think that more people should be aware of that they should, they should direct their attention to this holiday season. Anything that, that you hold special or, or think is, was very well done that does not get a lot of attention or love out in the world. I, uh, I'll let you think yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. do mine while you, and I'll give you a chance to say, cause I, I did not, this was a curveball I threw at you. Um, one of uh, one of my favorite uh, gags of Christmas and uh, done very well in Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special uh, is 
the alien who doesn't understand Christmas, like or like the outsider, and then you, they have to explain it, and it doesn't make any sense. And they are kind of in 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 the same way that like uh, Jack Skellington, you know, saying uh, when he sets out to slay with his rain gear on, and like all that kind of uh, stuff. I, I like that the misinterpretation, and one of my favorite misinterpretations of it is uh, Invader Zim. Uh, Invader Zim has one of the best Christmas specials uh, because he th- think he he hears the stories and comes to believe that um, Santa Claus comes as a conqueror. And so he actually shows up in a huge Santa mech like suit or whatever. And they have a whole song that's bow down before the power of Santa or be crushed beneath his jolly boots of doom. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a ridiculous over the top Christmas, especially in the way that Nolly Vader Sim could do. I, I really, I always have, I always really enjoy watching that too, because it's just completely misses the point, which is one of the best parts of Zim. So, um, do you have anything uh, along those lines? It doesn't, and I say, it doesn't have to be nice. It can be, you know, like this was the worst Christmas special I ever saw. No, wait, I just want to say more I don't, I don't, to now I still learn new things about you. I don't think I've realized the level of animation you have watched. Oh, yes. Because between yes. Agent Oso or whatever, which special, way, agent, I, I, Oso. special agent Oso, which you don't demote the him. point. He's a yellow panda with yes. green accents. Oh, yes. It is. It is really inexpensive <laughs> CG that they did, even for the time. <laughs> Disney was definitely cutting costs. But Sean Astin's performance is magnificent. Uh, OK, I got two things. Uh, one, uh, not necessarily Christmas. Well, yeah, because the ending what is, or is it Thanksgiving? I, I don't know. Planes, trains and automobiles. Uh, yes. don't, don't forget yeah. that. Because that's Thanksgiving, but, I, but I'll yeah, take it but, because but it's holiday can, season. Totally holiday season. Yep. And uh, if you really want to rip your heart out with yep. a very short animated film, uh, when my daughter oh. was young, we had the two disc set of Little Mermaid and tucked on disc two <laughs> was the exper- experimental Disney animated version of the Little Match Girl. Yeah. And I told, I, that. I, told the, I told the story of how my daughter stumbled on that in one of the shows. So I won't reiterate it here. Oh, I don't know. Well, that's how I've stumbled onto it. One time we were yeah. just doing something. Morgan was young and we were like, what's this? And I'm going to tell you, wow, get the Kleenex yeah. or the right. paper towels. Yeah, they, out. they <laughs> Disney when they when they're going for it, man. Yikes. Your, your yeah. heart will be in their hand. Yeah. You what know, you, I, I uh, this we love watching the Christmas episodes of things, right? As we talked about in the beginning and, and uh, we around here for, for those who don't know, uh, I've talked about it a lot uh, is I'm, I'm an acapella nerd. And uh, so uh, I love shows where people sing. And so I don't, I feel like it would be uh, irresponsible of me not to call out the Glee Christmas episodes. Okay. uh, Because we're big fans of Glee. And I would say, uh, of all of the, they do Christmas episodes a lot in uh, over the course of their run, and there is a big swing between the first Christmas episode, which I think they did in season two, which was wonderful, and the last one, which was the, I think they even called it the previously unaired Christmas, where <laughs> they actually, okay. I mean, it was the most misguided and horrible thing that should have just stayed unaired. They actually, I mean, it was so bad. They have a character who like gives birth to baby Jesus. They do the nativity and they cast the young woman with the with Down syndrome as baby Jesus. Like it is just the wow. the worst of the worst. Like it is it is offensive around every corner. But uh, they they do a Christmas episode. Um, that was season five. They do a, a love actually riff in season four's Christmas episode. Uh, 
season three is a, I think they do a black and white kind of Judy Garland style um, Christmas special, uh, which is really, I think, a lovely kind of tribute. But the first one was season two, and that was a very glee Christmas. And it was it was uh, lovely and uh, really showcased all of the various sort of talents uh, nicely. So if you're a Glee fan or even if you've if you've never explored Glee, you know, watch the first couple of seasons <laughs> and then it goes downhill from there. So hard. So, so hard. As it often should at Christmas. So, oh, my God. All right. Well, coming on to the codex to talk a little bit about holiday nostalgia and, and the thing. And so I guess the only thing left to say is good afternoon. Good, good afternoon. afternoon. <laughs> And that's where we're going to stop the conversation for today. Thanks so much for listening. This has been the latest chapter in the Curiosity Codex, but there are many pages left to decipher. We're part of the True Story FM family of podcasts. Find out more about us at truestory.fm. Our theme music is Intrusion by Severed Personality, a.k.a. Kevin McLeod. The voice of the Codex is Kara Gallo, and my name is Kyle Olson. The Codex is closed for now. <laughs>